to come out swinging, and they came out swinging in the top of the first inning uh, of the uh, of of game one. You know, and and we we didn't help them much either. We made an error and had a pass ball and kind of gifted them a a run, but nonetheless, I mean, it was like the the equivalent of a boxing match in the, you know, one boxer's coming out and landing all his punches and the other one's just trying not to go down. And that was, <laughs> that was us in the top of the first. And then, you know, when we steadied ourselves, we minimized the damage and came out swinging ourselves as well in the bottom of the frame. I wonder from a coaching standpoint, because <laughs> we talked about this a little bit on yesterday's show, Man, you left a ton of runners on base. I think on Saturday you said you left a small village on base. Uh, but on the other side of it, it'd be one thing if you didn't score the runs that you scored, 14, 8, and 11. And I think it's a testament to just how many base runners you had. But it seems like that every time you looked up, the bases are loaded or you got runners on first and second, first and third. Um, uh, you, you feel better about, about the, the, the scoring the number of runs? Or was there some concern about maybe you know some of the, the runners that you left on base? No, it, it was good. It was good to. It's always good to load the bases. Right. It's always bad to leave runners stranded. But the more often that you get into those situations, the chances for scoring runs is going to obviously be higher. So I, I love the fact that our guys drew so many walks this weekend and showed some plate discipline. And plate discipline is one of our primary key performance indicators. Basically, do you do you take balls and swing at strikes? And our guys did a good good job of of taking balls and holding the zone and taking their walks, you know, obviously they up there, up there and, you know, all good hitters. They don't want to walk. They want to hit, but it's uh, it's just part of playing team offense and understanding it's a run scoring unit. And so we were fortunate to get two grand slams on Friday. We left the small village on base on Saturday, but we were better uh, executing with runners in scoring position on Sunday. But those are the positions we want to be in. We want to load yeah. the bases. We want to knock them in. We want to clear them off. We want to have a bunch of RBIs. And you got to get on base to have those opportunities. So I like the way that we loaded the bases and used a different type of strategy. Because the one thing we couldn't do, and this happens sometimes, is we couldn't really get the run game going. They have a very good catcher with a very strong arm. Their pitchers pick like every other pitch. And they're all quick to the plate. And when that happens and you face teams that, that are like that and you can't, you know, break out one of the things that you have in your in your offensive uh, weaponry, then you just got to do it in other ways. And our guys found ways to score. Yeah, I don't think you'll see too many Eric Backage coach teams that have one attempted stolen base for an entire series. But it's, it's hard to steal with the bases loaded. <laughs> I don't think you want to run yourself out of a bases loaded situation there. Um, Cam Canarella uh, probably uh, had just an unbelievable series, and he's an unbelievable player, obviously, batted 538, on-base percentage of 625. Coach, two strikes doesn't bother him, but he's not the only guy. It seems like you guys were great at two-strike hitting. Um, was I right in that observation that you guys really did a great job uh, with, with a couple strikes on you? We did. They did. They are, and I – told them that after every day because it was even on um that saturday game where we did where we did strand a lot of runners you know all of our extra base hits came with two strikes I mean, our guys just did a good job uh, of understanding that even with two strikes when we are choking up and we are shortening up and you know, we are looking out over the plate, and you know, we're we're just looking to move the baseball and put the barrel on it. Our guys still were able to hit a couple of home runs, hit a couple of doubles, uh, but they just are committed to, you know, to to putting the bat on the ball because in college baseball, it's just it's it matters. It, you know, major league baseball may not matter as much because the the worst fielding team in the big leagues will be the the best fielding team in college baseball. And being able to put pressure on the opposition is such a big deal. And that's where we scored a lot of our runs, where we applied pressure and forced mistakes and created run-scoring opportunities out of it. But those obviously wouldn't exist if we went down looking or swinging. Eric Backage is our guest. Clemson Baseball today, 4 o'clock. I'll tell you more about that coming up in a second. Coach, your newcomers is the first time that, that many of us got to see them. I want to get your thoughts about the transfer guys uh, and, and success of your, your first-year guys, your retro freshman guys. Seem like you got a lot of production out of those newcomers. Yeah, and you know, it's newcomers, guys who are new to the program this year and also guys that um, were patient in our program last year. You know, Nolan Naraki, Cooper Blouser, guys that uh, didn't play last year 
but have just been patient and waited their turn and you know kind of those those are two of the breakout candidates for this season as well and then you know we're, we're we have an affinity for the grad transfer love the grad transfer more than the undergraduate transfer just because of the the chip on the shoulder, the the age, the experience, the wisdom, the the last shot at being a part of a winner, and just the mentality you get with that grad transfer. So, you know, we have some really good ones in our program: Alden Mathis, Jacob Hinderleiter, Andrew Chufo, Jimmy Overtop. Um, and these guys were these guys were great. Matthew Marshall on the pitching side. You know, they just they did a good job of just playing team team baseball and finding ways to help us win. All right, today you face an offense. I'm not sure I've seen offensive stats. I know it's early. I know it's a small sample size. and But, boy, Presbyterian brings a, a, down a, a really good offensive numbers at least. And Austin Gordon gets his first start of the season. Give us an idea of, of his uh, pitch count, maybe his arm situation, and and, uh, and why he was pitching today rather than the weekend and what, maybe what you expect to see from him today. Well, we're not playing Presbyterian today. We're playing the 1927 Yankees. Looking at their stats, they're four and zero and hitting four, hitting four twenty four as a team with a seven twenty nine slugging and a five sixty one on base. So it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh! Like these guys, they uh, they scored fifty eight runs in four games over the weekend. Uh, so they they can swing it clearly. Um, so you know, Gordo having having a guy like Austin Gordon is is going to be really important to minimize what looks to be a very good offense. He'll be on a strict pitch count. Um, we, we it'll be very limited. He might only be in there, you know, I don't know, two, three, four innings. But uh, it'll be a strict pitch count. But we're excited to, you know, as he builds back up and get him back onto the weekend rotation. And it was just a decision that, you know, why why rush him into the weekend? His pitch count's low anyways. You know, he started his ramp um, later than the other starting pitchers just because he pitched a ton last year, pitched in the summer, pitched in the fall, and just got to a point where he just he just needed to shut it down and take some time off, give his give his arm a break and and so that's what we did. So he just started his ramp um, later than everybody else and we're just not gonna put him at risk, especially with the future that he's got playing baseball. So um, he'll just, you know, kinda work his way back into where he's built up to the rotation and his pitch count will increase every week. So this this week, uh, he's got the he's got the nod on Tuesday and probably be out there for about 50 pitches or so. So we'll see how how long he can make that last, and hopefully he can be efficient with his pitches and be out there a few innings. I want to ask you about a couple of pitches from this past weekend. Barlow, the guy that we were excited this time last year about, and obviously uh, his season w- w- was cut short, five innings. Um, gave up just uh, no earned runs, two two runs there, but no walks. What you think about Billy after the first inning? I love Billy. Billy's one of our toughest guys, and we knew that if anyone was going to be able to survive the the chaos that was ensuing with you know bases loaded, we make an error, we load the bases with a couple of hits, a couple of mistakes with two strikes, uh, maybe hung a breaking ball or whatever. We have a pass ball with the bases loaded. You know, it's just like everything that could go wrong is going wrong. And um, and Billy, that's where, you know, one of his superpowers is just his ability to just be mentally tough and be able to stay centered. And and so he, we had the right guy on the mound to settle it down, and we needed him to minimize, and he did. He got a couple of big strikeouts and a, and a fly out. So we end that inning with a two spot. But you kind of see who he is. He's got elite movement on his pitches the horizontal break on his fastball, the way it runs and sinks, coupled with a slider that goes the other direction. Uh, you know, he's just, he, he's not only a tough kid, but he's got good stuff and he throws strikes. And he's the perfect example of a guy who has been built up. You know, he had the injury last year, so he's had the time, um, you know, to kind of, you know, had the time off last year and had the time to build back up this year. So he, he was on a much higher pitch count opening weekend just because he's had more time to build up to it. But, yeah, we love what we see out of him. We're going to stick with him on Friday. All right, Tristan Smith, a guy whose role, obviously a super talented guy with great stuff, commands always a deal there. The secondary pitches are, are a big deal there. But I thought only two, only one hit, oh, by the way, in his in his four innings and only uh, in a couple of walks. Um, and five strikeouts, uh, pretty electric stuff at times from Tristan Smith. What do you think about the Saturday start? 
Yeah, it's, it's big-time electric stuff. I mean, he's going he's gonna to always get strikeouts. He's going to always, um, you know, have a chance to hold hitters to a low batting average if he can get ahead, you know, and that's kind of the deal with him is, is two parts. It's one, be efficient with your pitches so you can pitch more innings. Um, but two, get strike one, strike two on these hitters because the stuff that he has is elite, and he's one of the few guys who gets swing and miss not only in the strike zone with his fastball, but kind of in the middle of the plate with his fastball, just because, you know, it's, it's different movement than Billy Barlow. Billy Barlow's got run and sink, and Tristan's got what's called induced vertical break, which means his fastball fights gravity really well, and the hitter swings, and his bat is usually underneath the ball. It's not rising, but it's just fighting gravity really well, and it's it, the pitch ends up being higher than where the hitter thinks it is, and that coupled with Tristan's ability to run it up there 94, 95 miles an hour, plus a really good breaking ball and a really good changeup now. Yeah, all he has to do is just put it near that box and he's going to have success. All right, 4 o'clock today, uh, Doug Kingsmore Stadium. The, the Tigers play the 1927 New York Yankees. And then uh, a little note, I know we never look too far ahead, but a, a weekend series, another home weekend series, another good weather series, and the, the big crowds coming out. What do we know about Kennesaw State? What can fans maybe expect to see from them? Well, scouts have told us it's the best pitching staff in the state of Georgia, so I, I think we're, we're interested to see if that holds true. They didn't have a great weekend i'd say up to their standards this past weekend i think they're one and two right now but i haven't looked too much into them other than what um what we've heard from just doing some initial scouting reports but they've got real arms real stuff real pitching they're well coached i do know that they we played them last year and had to had to do a double squeeze just to beat them at their place in a midweek game they play hard they play tough uh, so I, I would expect that they're going to be very fu- uh, fundamentally sound and, and much like Xavier, be one of those teams that's going to be competing for a regional when it comes time at the end of the year. All right, final one for you. This time last year I asked you about your first games back at Doug Kingsmore. You're in, you're in, in, uh, in year two now, not, not new stuff to you, but just your thoughts on playing baseball at home in front of a good crowd with good weather, man. I know this is something you just live for, man, to watch the, what you see the, the fans enjoy your, your club and, and uh, enjoy such a good weekend last weekend. It was a, like everybody, all the whole team was talking about the crowd and, you know, just the, the support of the Clemson community and Tiger faithful to come out 5,600 deep on Friday and Saturday. I mean, that was huge. And we feed off that. Our kids love it. They talk about it. They see it. They feel it. It energizes them. It's a truly a 10th man atmosphere when everyone's loud and, and hostile. And, you know, you could see like, you know, the Xavier left fielder and right fielder getting into it with the with the crowd out there and Chapman and, and Cajun Cafe. And it, that's what college baseball needs to be. I mean, it's just – and Doug Kingsmore needs to be one of those places that people don't want to come into and play because they know the crowd is going to be into it. So uh, we'll keep doing our part to make the fans proud of the baseball program, and, and we just ask that the fans keep coming out. And I know it's always easier when the weather's nice, but, man, does it make a difference, and we certainly appreciate it. So thank you and big shout-out to the DKS crowd. Hey, good luck against the uh, the 27 Yankees today. Uh, let, let's talk next week. And, <laughs> we'll need it. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll review or preview a little Clemson in South Carolina. Uh, when we visit next week. Coach, uh, always appreciate it, man. Great luck this week, and we'll talk next week. Awesome. Thanks, Mickey. Right, okay, buddy. see you. Eric Backage, Clemson baseball coach. like the last shout-out there uh, to the fans. So, and, and he turned you into a fan. He did. He turned me into a fan. I'm, ex- I'm on the call for one of those Kennesaw State games on ACC and X hey! on, uh, on Saturday, so I'm Saturday. excited for that. Best pitching staff in the state of Georgia per coach. Going to be using <laughs> that on the broadcast. I'm going to – I was going to go to the game now. Now I'm going to stay home and watch it uh, through all that. All right, uh, let's take a short break. Hey, my great friends at Prime Lending, PrimeLendingSC.com, what they're able to do by getting you the best mortgage rates, what they're able to do by getting you uh, the incredible um, folks at, at, uh, at uh, Prime Lending get you a bunch of different options. <laughs> They've got all kinds of loans out there for you. So if you're remodeling your home, if you're thinking about buying your next home, let them structure something for you. Let them make this process easy for you. Go with our great friends over at Prime Lending and PrimeLendingSC.com. The very best in the business. Do what I do. Do my last two mortgages. Go with their experience. Go with their team. Go with the lowest rates. PrimeLendingSC.com. 
Milk.com. A moment with Milk, Dr. Milk Louder, when you come back right after this. Easy Cater presents We've Got Your Back, Up Singers. Backing you up. So I order food on Easy Cater for a meeting with a new client in Jackson. Gotta feed clients in Jackson. On my way to the airport, it hits me. The client is actually in Jacksonville. Feed clients in Jacksonville. So I call Easy Cater. Nina picks up right away. Nina fix it for you. She called me right back and said you're all set. Nina fixed the Jackson accident. Jacksonville? Easy Cater has your back with 24-7 support. Order at easycater.com and know. We got your back. Attention golf cart fans, Salty Fries has expanded to Greenville, bringing us the number one number golf cart, the Icon EV, voted by thousands to be the number one overall best golf cart brand and the best street legal golf cart in 2023. Come experience the difference. Best yet, Salty Fries golf carts of Greenville can customize the Clemson-themed golf cart of your dreams. Save up to $2,000 during the end of the model year closeout sale. Salty Fries on Highway 183 in Piedmont and at saltyfries.com. If you've been charged with a criminal offense, the legal system could be overwhelming and intimidating. You could be facing significant consequences. You need someone in your corner to help you navigate it all. Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, will help you get the answers you need. Call today for your free consultation at 864-654-3680 or visit nicklaverylaw.com. You don't have to go through this alone. Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, here for you. Are you approaching retirement? Are you concerned about your 401k? How would you like to add 15 to 40% into your retirement account immediately? Folks, let me show you how to create an inflation-friendly, increasing income, guarantee income that you and your spouse will not outlive. All you have to do is give us a call at 1-800-440-0434 or go to mymoneyissafe.com or you can call at 864-989-0176. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. The needs of modern businesses are always changing, but corporate cards haven't evolved in decades until now. Meet Ramp, the all-in-one finance platform that combines corporate cards with spend management software. Ramp is the only card designed to actually help your business spend less, not more. With Ramp, you can set custom controls to stop out-of-policy spend before it even happens. And Ramp software even does expense reports for you. No more manual entries, no more chasing receipts. And with best-in-class accounting integrations, you'll close your books in days, not weeks. Ramp gives you better insights and a real-time view of all company spend, so you can stay focused on the big picture and build a healthier business. Join over 15,000 businesses who have switched to Ramp and start saving an average of 5%. Modern finance runs on Ramp. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com sports. That's R-A-M-P slash sports. Clemson Nation, this is former national champion Ben Boulware. If you live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. Come by and see us at our four locations in the upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE quality Duralast brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralast pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Man, you won't believe the phone call I just got. This guy told me that The Roar is the best sports talk station in the upstate. We are The Roar, where every day is game day.
Harbin Lumber helping build dreams since 1917. thing I love about Harbin Lumber, among the things I love about Harbin Lumber, is they proudly serve these local communities. been doing it for 100 years. They get you all your building material needs, your interior products, your exterior products. They do the great installed services. I almost called Randy this weekend. My my dog ripped my um, garage door wiring with the sensors at the bottom. He ripped that apart for the second time. I didn't know it when you fixed them. There's a receiver and a, a sender and receiver uh, relationship there. So I had the two receivers rather than a sender and receiver. Anyway, uh, so I had to fix that. If I not, I'd have to call Randy. Installed services, new garage doors, um, a new deck, a deck remodel, a screened-in porch, a Florida room. Let them take care of that. Spend springtime outside and enjoying nature with those new decks and screened-in porches. Have it completed this spring in the great outdoors. Visit HarbinLumber.com, 706-356-4300. Let them share and help with your vision, 706-356-4300, HarbinLumber.com. To our guest lines, a moment with Milt, Dr. Milt Louder, Amplos.com. Good morning, Dr. Lauder. How you doing? Oh, doing great, Mickey. How are you? Great. Are we local today or are we world jet setting today? We, are, we are local. We are in Greenville and I got a couple of uh, meetings with some businesses today and um, heading out to Mill Pine later this week, heading over to Clemson tomorrow. So it's going to be a good week. I didn't know if you were like Ric Flair and jet flying and having a hard time keeping your alligators down through any of that. But, uh, <laughs> glad to have you here. Um, I want to encourage folks to do two things with Amplos this week. Both involve going to Amplos.com. Um, episode 264, uh, you guys had on uh, a great podcast with, with Eric Backage, a guy we just had on right now, and talked about unlocking the human potential with uh, Eric Backage. Uh, that is a 38-minute um, a deal that, that you're going to love by going to Amplos.com. But the thing I wanted you to talk about today is you sat down – and uh, the ones coming out later this week with our good friend Red Martin from Sunday Dinner with a Twist. Uh, that will be coming. I, am I still right with saying that that's scheduled to come out this week on the site? Yeah, yeah, it's coming out this week. I think Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm not quite sure when uh, we release those. Uh, but, yeah, it's coming out this week. And, and what a blessing that was in my life to sit down with Red and get to know him and understand his story. What did you know about Red before – um, and then what did you learn about Red during the, the, uh, the, the podcast? I did not know much about Red. I, I, you know, I hear him sometimes on your show, and, you know, I, I, I did not know he was from my hometown, uh, from Sumter. Oh, yeah, Sumter. Uh, that was, you know, if you're from Sumter, you believe it all starts in Sumter. So I was, I was proud to make that connection. Uh, so I did know that. You know, I'd, I'd heard a little bit him on the radio about feeding the homeless, but didn't know how we got to that point and what inspired that or how we got the name Sunday Dinner with a Twist, my girls heard him come speak at their school, and they came home and said, Dad, you would love this guy's story. It's unbelievably so powerful what he's been through and what he does. You know, you should connect with him. And so I think you connected Red and I via text. I shared that with him. Uh, you know, we've been texting back and forth, but I was—I had no idea uh, the amount of pain in his life, uh, the amount of trauma in his life uh, that he's been through, and and how what he has battled to become who he is, and how that pain has turned into his purpose. Did he go into childhood trauma and and his brother and all that? Did y'all get into all that? During the during the yes. podcast, yeah, because that that's the source of of, of all that, right? Am I, am I wrong in saying that that's the source of, of where his pain comes from, or started at least? Yeah, and I, I, you know, when you go through the early trauma and when you listen to the story, you know, trauma has such a profound effect on us mentally and physically and spiritually and emotionally and relationally and behaviorally, and it creates a lens and and beliefs about ourselves and about our world that if left unchecked that that we go ahead and see ourselves for the rest of our life that way and so with red's early trauma the the belief became one i'm not lovable like like i like i'm unworthy of love two i i do believe that there's a god and i see god doing good things in other people's lives but I'm not worthy of those good things. And so, you know, how he 
tried to cope with that trauma, how we tried to run from that pain, how we tried to deal with that pain, trauma after trauma after trauma, just kept reinforcing those two things. He's not lovable and he's not worthy of the good things in this life. Not lovable. And yeah. not, I said not lovable from, from his from his earthly father, his heavenly father, you know, and one of the things that we talked about uh, is is uh, I'm not worthy of, of that. Uh, everybody else talks about this great love that God has for him, and he said, man, God can't love a guy like me. It's like, wait a minute, man. He, yeah. You know, sure he can. Not only can, he does. And it goes back, Mickey, to, to the fundamental beliefs. Like like we keep talking about in psychology is your brain will seek to develop the most dominant picture you paint yeah. with which you attach the most emotion. Yeah. And so going through you know, that trauma, that, that most emotion of fear of being unlovable and being unworthy, that's the life that he lived. And it, and it just makes you realize when, when we are under that significant amount of stress and you're under that amount of pain, you cannot see the impact of that stress and pain in your life. And you can not see the impact and pain you put on other people's lives. And that's what I mean when I say stress makes you selfish. Going through these difficult times, you're in survival mode. You're, you're so focused on you. You're so consumed with you through the trauma, through the substance abuse, through the mental health, whatever's going on, you cannot see how you're impacting others. How does he turn that from that situation into what he is now that all he does is serve all day, every day. He, he's listening right now. He sent me a text before, during the break. said, I'm on way to Columbia. Uh, we've got uh, one of our people he works with that, that's uh, you know going to a, a treatment-type situation, and he does it all day, every day. How did he turn all that attention and the lessons we can learn from him turning that attention away from his pain onto, into helping others? Well, I think, one, we, we know you can't do it by yourself. Right. And so – what I've learned kind of at when we think we're at a breaking point, uh, when, when we think and I'm watching people and we all have people in our lives where there's family members or people we love that they seem to be digging a hole and you're like, you got to stop digging. It's amazing. The human's capacity to keep digging in that hole, mm. but to get out of that hole, it takes somebody, one person to see something in you, you have yet to see in yourself. It takes one person to maintain that unwavering belief that they believe that it doesn't have to be like this, that your life doesn't have to be like this, that you were not created for this. And somebody, it takes somebody to get down in the hole with you. And there were two people in Red's life that he talked about, his wife and this other gentleman. And I've, and I've got the notes, but I cannot remember the name. But he said, that man taught me how to, and he never quit believing in me. Yeah. He never quit believing in me. And so sharing that love, showing them love, never quit believing them, attacking the problem and not the person, separating who they are from what they do, like that gives you hope. It just, I kept thinking, Mickey, about, you know, what the Bible says about faith, hope, and love. And and what I heard in Red's story, one, one cannot live without faith, hope, and love. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. Billy Graham said, what oxygen is to the lungs, hope is to the world. One cannot live in a world without hope and without love. And that's why I think the Bible says the greatest of these is love. And so once Red was loved by someone and cared for one, someone, to me, it seemed he was able to love himself. Yeah. And he opened himself up and realized that he had, there was good inside of him. And to use... You know, I couldn't help but think, think of the story of Joseph. Hey, what you meant for evil, God meant for good, that that has shaped his life purpose and his mission. And the best way to help yourself sometimes is to help somebody else. And that seems to me where Red's primary focus is right now. So I've known Red for a few years now. Uh, I get more from him than I give to him. And, and one of the things I got with my wife tells me all the time, like with our kids, we're not going to pretend like we were perfect. We're going to let them know the mistakes that we made because we want to be authentic with them and not try to fool them. And we're some sort of uh, uh, expectations of standards that are, that are too high because we made these mistakes. And so Red calls me, you know, he's, he's been speaker of the all-in uh, ball and, he's, and he spoke in front of big CEOs and big companies and things on these lines. And one of the things that he, he, he texts me or calls me before a lot of the big stuff and he'll say, Man, I'm nervous about it today. I hope this thing's going to go right. And I said, Red, here's the deal. 
you just be red. It's good enough. Like mm-hmm. if you you just be authentic. And and he is, and he tells these stories that most of us would never admit, right? That that he he sold his mon- sold his car to his dealer, and then for the money, and then turned him into the police so he get his car back, stuff like that. Like would never admit that stuff publicly, even though we've got all got these sins, we all make some mistakes. But it is that authenticity that gets him through all that. It is real. Everything he he has done, and even everything he's doing now. Like I said, on the way to help a guy out of treatment today, all that's real and all that's authentic. And I think that's why it sells and why it's so important to hear that story. Well, I think, you know, Oprah said, like I don't quote Oprah a whole lot, but she said vulnerability is the cornerstone of confidence. Mm. And we are able to be vulnerable, and men don't do that really well. And so his vulnerability, his authenticity draws people in. And and allows him and and we say hey would you give yourself permission to be human give other people permission to do the same and in our humanity that's where we can really connect the final one that that the lesson i want to learn not final not the final among the biggest ones uh and it's every day but but it's this shocking revelation that we tell the story. I'm on the phone with Red one night. I'm on, got him on the speakerphone. I'm telling this this great sermon that I saw about the thief on the cross, and and the thief uh, tells you know, uh, or, or they talk about the the idea of what when he gets to heaven, what does he say? And he said, well, the, obviously you know you had a great spiritual background. No, I didn't. Or, or obviously you tithed all your money. No, obviously you, you know you you read the Bible. Said no. So how do you hear? And he goes, well, the guy on the cross beside me said I could come. And I was explaining this to Red, right? It's this great story, right? And my wife says, Mick, you don't get it, man. You don't, you don't get it at all. So why? He goes, you're the thief. She says, you're the thief. Because you, you might not have gone through what Red go, has gone through. You're not the guy beside the thief. You're the thief. Right? And so I'm like, wow, man, it's hit me in the face with it. But it's true. We all are. Right? So that is so powerful. And I think. I think I was so humbled by his story. Yes. And and I was thinking, like, what is my excuse? Yes. You know, what what is my excuse that I, I'm not quite sure I have the amount of love, the amount of service in my heart, the amount of joy that he experiences, uh, and, and, and I don't have an excuse for it. And I think that was the most powerful lesson for me is the, um, the 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 humbling nature of hearing his story, hearing a man who's been broken but not defeated, mm. and and who has experienced forgiveness. Meaning, I don't let the things I can't control control me. I don't hold on to the things that hold me back. And I've and I've figured out how to use my pain to help others. Uh, no matter what, if you you just turn your attention to others, it just helps so many situations. Right? My my problems aren't near as bad when I go help somebody else, and he's a great example of that. All right, tell me about Amplos. Tell me about uh, that's coming out. You say either tomorrow or or Thursday. Um, I think Thursday. I yeah. you know I um, they leave me out of those decisions, so I don't know what. Well, that's good. When that's good. Out. Right. That's why they come out because they leave you out of those decisions. <laughs> <laughs> um, Millpine, you're headed there today. Uh, I know CCP. We want to try to get involved with some Millpine stuff as well. Uh, Ten for twelve. There's a lot going on at Amplus. Yeah, Mickey. We just you know um, continue to feel blessed with opportunities to help others and. And the two primary areas we focus on and how do we help others be better? Like, just be better. Who you are, what you do uh, for the people that matter most, and then pursue better. What are the things in your life? What are the worthy goals that you really want to pursue? And, and we try to bring our experiences and our education and what we've learned from others uh, to share those experiences with others to instill hope and encourage them to be the best that they can be. And so... Uh, this this opportunity to speak with you and especially to talk about red um, those are opportunities that that we don't take for granted we feel very honored to have those opportunities no doubt about that the place to find it is um, amplos.com a-m-p-l-o-s.com i can't wait to see what comes up between now and next tuesday i can't wait to hear the podcast and uh, i want you to have a great week buddy and i can't thank you enough for your time and we'll talk to you next tuesday that's great. Thanks, Mickey. All right, buddy. Dr. Milt Louder, Amplos.com, sports and performance.
psychologist. Uh, a short break. We'll come back. We do have an open phone line segment. We're going to talk some college basketball. I'm going to get Faxon to talk to me about Virginia basketball. That's got to be like the most difficult thing in the world to be a Virginia basketball fan. Other thing I do want to tell you about is the blood connection. Hey, the blood connection does just an absolutely unbelievable job of getting, of saving lives, of, of getting blood to hospitals in North Carolina, South Carolina, and in Georgia. And the upset of South Carolina, they're an exclusive provider for blood. If you want to help out, there's all kinds of ways to donate. Uh, there's all kinds of, of, uh, of opportunities for you to donate, all kinds of locations to donate. I want you to go to bloodconnection.org slash donate, bloodconnection.org slash donate, and, and help out, maybe save lives, help out those in need, um, and, and set up schedules to do this kind of things. Learn more about this nonprofit. Learn more about this uh, th- these people at the Blood Connection, and their website is, is very informative, telling you what they do, the hospitals they help, the numbers, the stats, the alarming stats about uh, about blood need and, and, and about to how you can help out. It's bloodconnection.org and it's slash donate to find out where. We'll take a short break, come back, talk some college basketball in the next segment right after this. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE quality Duralast brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralast pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. It's moving day, and Tiger Moving Company is here to help. Skip the headache. Hire the professionals with the right tools for your move. They're a clean-cut and reliable team, pack and assemble furniture seamlessly. So all you have to do is make yourself at home. To top this all off, they even start and stop the clock at your house, charging you a flat hourly rate. No rounding up. Call today at 908-9028 or email tigermoving at gmail.com to make your next move with Tiger Moving Company. Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota, also known as Halt and Anderson. First Class Halt, your dealership alternative since 2011, wants to be your preferred service center. With factory-trained technicians, OEM parts, and top-of-the-line diagnostic equipment, we have one goal to keep you on the road. This is why we offer a three-year, 36,000-mile nationwide warranty, courtesy shuttle and repeat rewards anderson what are you waiting for come experience first class halt your dealership alternative for honda acura lexus and toyota when you're looking for the beautiful gift she deserves do what i do shop at turner's jewelers they have an amazing selection of silver gold precious gems and diamonds and turner's can create a custom piece she'll absolutely treasure Whatever the occasion, trust a tradition of family excellence for more than 60 years. Shop now at turnersjewelers.com or visit them today in the Applewood Shopping Center next to Belk and Seneca. Southern hospitality meets diamond know-how at Turner's Jewelers. East Main Furniture in Easley, where every day is a sale day. Come find deals on living room, bedroom, dining room, lamps, rugs, mattresses, and occasional furniture. Brands like Lazy Boy, England, Best, Ashley, Catnapper, Liberty Furniture, and Von Bassett. All at discounted prices. If they don't stock it, they can special order it for you. Now offering up to 12 months. Same as cash on purchases over $300. East Main Furniture located at 829 East Main Street, Easley. Or call 864-442-6054 today ebay motors is here for the ride 120,000 miles of night drives daily commutes and who knows how many are we there yet through countless fixes elbow grease and a new radiator you kept your ride alive with ebay motors you have over 122 million parts to keep it running and with ebay guaranteed fit they'll be the perfect fit every time plus at these prices well we're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Start your day with the Mickey Plyler Show, each day from 6 to 9 a.m., right here on The Roar.
Welcome back. Glad to have you with us. Engineered Sleep. What a great company. Uh, EngineeredSleep.com. Love these folks. Love what they've done. The ES Duo is an absolutely an amazing uh, uh, product. I, I just couldn't imagine who, how they came up with this concept, this design. Um, obviously, it's a hit with people in the uh, in the upstate of South Carolina right now. At Engineered Sleep. You know, uh, a bad mattress. Uh, sleeping in a hole way too quickly makes you these flippable mattresses. We don't make flippable mattresses anymore. The way the design works now, you have the top topper part of it and the, the, uh, you know, you have a whole separate deal there and and we're having a much more efficient way to do these kind of things. So if you prefer firm or soft, they've got you covered at engineer sleep. Uh, They're, they're industry leading duo mattresses that flippable hybrid uh, three, uh, classics. Uh, it's amazing mattresses they make with both those kind of products. Three 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 North Pleasantburg Drive is worth your time. Uh, worth the time to go over and see it and check these things out. Um, it is a a huge difference at Engineer Sleep and EngineerSleep.com. You're gonna love it. Hundred night sleep trial certainly helps you out as well at EngineerSleep.com. All right, uh, one open phone line segment. Tony Morell is gonna join us. We're gonna talk about Sean Elliott joining the Gamecocks. Um, Faxon, I want to get to you on the Virginia stuff here in a second. I'm looking at the most intriguing matchup, first-round matchup of Joe Lenardi's latest. And, and Joe Lenardi's not going to have all this right. None of these matchups are going to work out right, obviously. But I would find it extremely interesting if a fifth-seed Clemson and a 12th-seed McNeese State would get together. Ooh. With Will Wade going against his alma mater, like that would be interesting. And you know yeah. how much of a Will Wade guy I am. Would yeah. obviously still be rooting for the Tigers, but man, Coach Wade's gotten playing ball at uh, at McNeese State. And Mickey, if you wanted to talk about Virginia, the natural bridge is that McNeese State has passed Virginia in Ken Palm as of oh, last night. How about that? Sorry, right, so I told you before, I don't care how many ACC teams get in. I'm not a fan of Virginia. I'm not a fan of of. Um, you know anybody else is trying to get in in this basketball tournament. With that said, being a Virginia basketball fan is a lot like being an Iowa football fan, except you do have a national championship in there. Tony Bennett has done an amazing job at Virginia, but it's hard to watch at times. They scored 16 points. I think I'm sorry, I was saying that last night in the, in the first round. I mean the first first half, and their margin for error when you play this close of games that often, this defensive style that often, and, and the lack of explosiveness on offense that often. It's got to be hard. Last night was a 30-point loss to Virginia Tech at home. These kind of just, just net-killing uh, losses are happening a, a, you know, a little more often now. I would say it'd be hard to recruit to Virginia. Like, I wouldn't want to play in that system. It's not very advantageous for going to the NBA and being successful. I mean, in the Tony Bennett era, I'm trying to think of people that are still playing in the NBA in a rotation, and the only name I'm remembering off the top of my head is DeAndre Hunter. Uh, the text line can correct me on that, but Ty Jerome is still kicking around in the NBA somewhere on someone's bench. Uh, I think Kyle Guy's back and forth from the G League, but I think the conversation about Tony Bennett would be a lot different if uh, that Auburn player didn't close out as aggressively on Kyle Guy in the Final Four and give him oh. three free throws to win it. Because if he never won that national championship, I don't know. It would be an interesting conversation to have. I mean, the style that they play, number one, they're never going to win another national championship under Tony Bennett at Virginia. I feel very confident by saying that because – they leave their room for error so thin in every game they play because they never have the ball. I mean, it, what, are, what are you able to do when you don't have the ball and you're down 10 and, and your offense is so methodical? And Texter points out Brogdon, uh, a couple of Texters say Malcolm Brogdon. That's a good yeah. point. I had forgotten that Brogdon uh, had played there at the beginning of Bennett's tenure, so that's my bad. But, yeah, Brogdon's a really good player. DeAndre Hunter's a really good player. Outside of that, there hasn't been much translation to the NBA. And, yeah, Bennett is an extremely successful coach. He deserves everything that, that has happened. But I, I just don't know if, if there's a well, – I don't know if there's a green arrow next to Virginia in basketball stock going forward. I'm starting to think that it's more of a red arrow trending downwards. Right, here's the thing. Virginia is 11-5 in the league. But their net numbers aren't good at all. Is Virginia in – I mean, I know we're still three weeks away, but Virginia's in as of this morning, but they're a 10 seed and they're no longer a lock. And here's the thing, like their net ratings are so bad. The One of the most difficult ideas of, of you know, Virginia normally is going to play close games, right? Except for this year, Faxon. Wisconsin beat them by 24, all right? Um, Memphis beat them by 
17. Uh, no, 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 no. Memphis beat them by 23. I'm sorry. My math is bad there. Notre Dame beat them by 22. Notre Dame. Stinky Notre Dame. By 22. NC State beat them by 16. Wake Forest beat them by 19. Um, a double-digit loss to Pittsburgh. 11-point loss there. And then last night, a 34-point loss. Every one of their losses are by double digits and, and more times not by 20 or more. Well, they're susceptible to getting blown out. I mean, we, we see it happen two to three times, even when Virginia is the Virginia of years past. There are a couple games a year that they just get nuked for whatever reason. That just usually seems to be the style that they lose when things come crashing down. All right. Who do you feel good about for that? Well, is, is the third spot in play? I know they've got a two-game lead. At 11 and 5 for that third spot in the ACC. And maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on this because I want Clemson to, to do well in the ACC basketball tournament. But for that third seed and, and fourth seed, we know the fourth seed's in play right now. Pittsburgh, NC State, and, and Wake Forest are all 8 and 6. Clemson and Florida State, 7 and 7. Right now, Clemson and Florida State are a game behind Pittsburgh, NC State, and Wake Forest tied for that fourth position right now. There's a two game difference right now between Virginia and Pittsburgh and, and NC State and Wake Forest. But if they play like they played again last night, is that third spot in play? Could a, a Pittsburgh, NC State, Wake Forest, or Clemson, or Forest State rise up for that third, third spot? Yeah, I think so. And I, and I think a big part of that is that the remaining schedule for Virginia is pretty challenging. They host North Carolina at 4 p.m. on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen a bunch of UNC and Virginia fans on my Twitter timeline you know, this morning talking about how I want to say that North Carolina hasn't won in Charlottesville since 2009. Uh, Zeke can double-check me on that, or somebody can double-check me on that on the Adams Co. Roofing text line. But it's either only once or twice that North Carolina has won at Charlottesville uh, in, in ages. So that'll be a good game. They go at Boston College, at Duke. We project that to be a loss. And then back at home against Georgia Tech. So they probably finish 2-2. Two and two. A 2-2 two two would put them at 13-7. and seven. That would mean that Pittsburgh, NC State, or Wake Forest would only have to, could only lose one more game, and then the tiebreaker situations would then come in through all of that. Um, Clemson could would would have to run the table to get in that, in that third spot as well. Um, I want to finish this segment thinking about Clemson and that fourth spot again. The reason that is so important is you get a double buy. If you look at um, I, I I want Clemson to. You know, think about that four spot and try to get in that four spot because a double buy. I think that Clemson's good enough to win three games in three days. I'm not sure they're going to win four games in four days. Like that's just your 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 margin for error becomes so much smaller. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. I'm not, that's pretty simple. Three and three season four and four. But but it's not like like I think UConn could go four on four, four games in four days. You know, I I think that that Kansas or Marquette or North Carolina or or uh, Houston. I mean, th- those teams can win. I'm not sure Clemson. <laughs> we've not seen them play four good games in a row since December anyway. So getting hot at the right time, you just make it so much more difficult on yourself. Like yeah. that, that's the importance of what happened on Saturday night. It is. Uh, Texter gets in and says, UNC has not beat UVA at UVA since 2011. So it's been it's crazy. What, 12, 13 seasons. Um, Mickey, I do want to say that I just think that the loss to NC State was such a backbreaker for the top four hopes because yeah. not to say that it's impossible at this juncture, but if you win that game and NC State is the team sitting at 7-7 seven and seven and you're in that three-way tie with Pitt and Wake Forest at 8-6, and six, at that point, Clemson controls their own destiny because if you win out and beat Wake Forest, then mathematically you're in that four spot and nobody can catch you that would be beneath you. Yeah. Losing that game really was a big setback and for the ACC tournament hopes – Although big picture in the NCAA tournament, rather unaffected. Yeah. Uh, be interesting to see Clemson and Georgia Tech tomorrow night down in Atlanta. Uh, the, correct me if I'm wrong on this, or if you if you disagree on this. Had a call yesterday from Raleigh saying Daniel from Raleigh said, "Mickey, what, what's what's it look like the final six games? Like what what's the record going to be? What's the outcome?" My my answer was, I'm not trying to duck your question, but how do you know? Are, are, are you going to be the team that won in Chapel Hill? Are you going to be the team that, that closed out Miami 24-3? to Are you going to be the team that, that beat Alabama? Are you going to be the team that beat South Carolina? Or are you going to be the team that lost to Georgia Tech? Are you the team that lost to Virginia Tech? The team that, that, that lost to NC State at home? That, that's one of the surprising things about this season so far is that, you know, a, a home loss to North Carolina, a home loss to Georgia Tech, uh, a home loss to Virginia, and a home loss to NC State. Like, I think Little John's a tough place to play. 
but four home losses this year, that's that's disappointing. So I'm going to go ahead and try to say that I feel great about Florida State on Saturday. I feel great about Pittsburgh, great about Syracuse at home, but I don't know. And, and then on the road, I mean, Georgia Tech is 4-11 and on this season. Georgia Tech is 11-15 and overall, but, but let's remember, Georgia Tech came in a little John and won. And also, Mickey, I will say, uh, Georgia Tech's current net ranking, 141 in the net. 161 is the cutoff at home for Q4. So if Georgia Tech has a rough end of the season, there's a chance that that slips to a quadrant four loss for Clemson, which would be damaging to the resume. I still don't think it would be the end of the world. But if there is one game left on the schedule that you have to win, I think it's at Georgia Tech this Wednesday. I think that's a must-win game. And I know both of us really hate declaring games must-win games, especially in February before it it really is do-or-die time. But at the end of the day, like this is a game you have to win if you're Brad Brown. This is a game you have to win if you're Clemson. Just to get back on track, to get spirits high once again, because Florida State and Pitt, albeit games you're going to be favored by five-plus points in, those are two really quality opponents that are playing some good basketball at the right time, specifically Pitt. Pitt, Pitt is yeah. really making a push to get into the NCAA tournament. And this game that they've got coming up against Wake Forest could potentially be for a fifth bid in the ACC or a fourth bid if Virginia ends up missing. That game could be for an NCAA tournament spot, Mickey. Interesting stuff. Keep up with Remember, Clemson beat Pittsburgh earlier this year up in Pittsburgh. So, um, a lot to consider here coming down the stretch. Maybe Wake Forest's uh, season comes out that season finale as well. Interesting times. Three weeks left. ACC basketball. Uh, let me tell you about our great friends over at the Patterson's Tax Service, P-A-T-T-X.com, pattax.com, 864-859-8289. The Patterson's Tax Service wants to do your taxes for you. Make your tax appointment right now. Got some more texts this morning about the Patterson's Tax Service from friends that, that have gone over their businesses. They know they've got to do it by March the 15th. Uh, I'll get my SEP IRA contribution, how much I can contribute to that from, from Russell and the good folks there as well. We love it. We formed our LLC with them. They've, they've done all of my, my uh, payroll stuff for me. They do everything they can as far as my taxes, my personal and, and my business taxes. I love the representation, representation we get. Uh, form the LLCs, Facts and Childers, get your stuff done with your taxes done. You're going to love Russell, Donnie, Marty, the great folks at Patterson's Tax Service. Anywhere you can hear my voice, let them do it for you right now. Uh, 859-8289, 864-859-8289, my great friends at the Patterson Tax Service. Since we last talked, the Gamecocks have hired a tight ends coach and a run game coordinator. Sean Elliott is headed back to South Carolina. What does that mean to the South Carolina run game? What does it mean to the option game? What does it mean to Lenore Sellers? We'll ask about Sean Elliott coming back to Columbia with Tony Morell, TheBigSpur.com, when we begin our number three. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar. 